I'm Steph and I'm absolutely obsessed with pole dancing. In 2019, I hung up my corporate stilettos for a pair of pleasers and my very own pole studio. I'm now on a journey to have open and thought-provoking conversations uncovering all things pole dancing. Welcome back to Uncovered. Today, I'm uncovering a topic that I'm pretty sure every single one of you have had to encounter in your pole journey. And I am joined by Ellie, the founder of Flexercise, and we are going to do a little bit of a flexibility 101. So welcome to the podcast, Ellie. Thank you. I'm so so excited for this topic. Um, So how about we just start with where did Flexercise begin? Where did it come from? Right. (laughs) We're going to go like way, 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 way back, way back. Um, I guess when it really began was I was five and I started gymnastics because I was super, super uncoordinated. My parents were like, "Uh oh, she's walking into walls a bit too often. She's like missing her hands when she's clapping and we need to get this girl into some sort of movement. So it started with rhythmic gymnastics, like an after school class, really. And I trained and competed nationally and internationally until I was about 17 and I was obsessed, obsessed, obsessed. I was loving, loving, loving the movement, but more than anything, I think I loved the mental challenge, like designing a skill from scratch or learning that flexibility, um, not being able to do it. And then like practice, practice, unpack, why doesn't that work? And all that filtering in and filtering out of what didn't, didn't work. I think I just love, love, love that from the beginning. Flash forward, I went on to become a professional dancer after high school and um, competed in some bodybuilding competitions as well. So I've always kind of used my body and like moved it towards its limits, but also been very, very aware of how to do that safely and effectively so that I could keep doing it because I really, really loved movement. So essentially performing was my thing. And then at some point, I think I did overdo it, that kind of performer's mentality of like more and more and, you know, just wanting to learn more and wanting to get better for all of that mental challenge, I think kind of hit me in the face and I got this big neck injury. Oh, no. Um, Yeah. So then it kind of pulled me back. And all during that time of performing, I was also coaching gymnastics and teaching dancing. That was like my full-time gig. Um. And yeah, I just knew that I wanted to be in movement and I knew that I loved coaching because I think seeing someone else move from that point of not sure or I can't or just not even understanding to then watching the learning process and being able to facilitate a space where they feel like they can take a breath and actually trust themselves to do that next thing that maybe mentally their brain didn't think they could do, Mm. but now they can. I I find it so incredibly inspiring and it just... Like I get goosebumps talking about it. It really lights me up. So from there, I had this neck injury. I wasn't able to do my job. I wasn't able to do what I loved. I couldn't make an income. But more than anything, like my whole like identity was kind of gone. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let's rethink. And I decided to become a trainer because I knew I loved coaching people. So personal training, very like general trainer to start with. But because of all of my background, you know, in dancing and gymnastics and teaching, I was kind of just naturally attracting the similar kind of people, you know, those dancers who wanted to build strength and flex to do their craft. 100%. So Flexercise kind of organically grew into that. And I did buy the the Flexercise business name 
to start, but I never really thought much about it becoming like only that until it naturally evolved into <laughs> what it was. And now I absolutely know that that's the path I want to be on. And yeah. so exercise is essentially helping people to bridge the gap between the active and passive ranges of motion, which we're going to talk a lot about yes, today. Yes, we will. So that they can then be in the best position to do their craft, you know, both for safety but also for ease. Yeah. Because if we can do all that work off our apparatus or outside of our dancing or whatever our sport, then it's going to be so much easier mm. to think about and your body is going to go with you instead of like fighting you, you know what I mean? Yeah, against you. Yes, I definitely know what you mean. I'm like, I have experienced it. <laughs> I love that it just grew organically and I love that in businesses that just sort of, I mean, being a business geek, I love hearing those stories and how people were just following something that they were passionate about and it just so happened that, other people needed that. And I'm not surprised that you attracted dancers or gymnasts because we get so many girls in the studio who come to us and they are trying to build strength to be better at pole. And obviously we have X amount of skills as pole instructors, but an in, and pole instructor's certification doesn't give you the depth that let's say our PT certification would give you as an example. But should we just start at the basic of why is flexibility important to our pole journeys? Okay. Well, so I guess why, I guess we will zoom out of pole and we'll look into like all of the different factors that you want to be working on. And I guess all of this is around making your life easier, even though when you think about, if you think about all the things you have to do or want to do to be great at something, it can be overwhelming. But if you put conscious effort into all of those little kind of areas, the building blocks of pole, then once again, it's going to become easier for you to do all the cool things that you want to do. Yeah. Mm. So flexibility is definitely one of the key components of pole. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm right. very 100%. sure it is. <laughs> you know, along with strength, along with power, along with musicality, along with picking up choreography, along with feeling, along with transitions, like all the different things that you need to do on the pole. If you want to become move up to that next level or if you just want to continue yeah, continue to evolve and essentially coming back to making it easier on yourself in the long run, you want to be focusing energy there, don't you? Yeah. It's like a missing building block if you kind of go, oh, I'm not flexible, I've never been flexible, I'm, I'm going to give you all the things that people say to me, can't even touch my toes, I'm too old, and just kind of dismiss it because maybe you'll get through you know, some of your movement, but there will come a time where something comes up for you that you really want to do, mm. but then you have this thing blocking you, but your flexibility is not a permanent state. Whatever you are now isn't, isn't how you just are forever. Yeah. Yeah. It's where you choose to put your focus. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I can definitely resonate with it because I was one of those pole dancers who got to my advanced stages and couldn't do the splits. So when we would work on jade splits, I'm like, oh, well, I can do the hold. So I'll just do like a baby jade instead of a jade right. split or something because I had the strength and for the most part the mobility to do stuff, but I just did not have the flexibility. But we do see the mobility, especially in shoulders and even like your straddles or whatever, is starting to impact people's ability to continue to grow throughout pole. So Yeah, and the other thing that – flexibility in terms of like your physical your body's like um I guess what's the word not bulletproofing but kind of 
safe, safe proofing. Is that a word? I don't know the, what the word is. We're but, making um, it a word today. <laughs> I'm making it a word. Like you want to give your body the best shot to stay um, strong and out of the injury zone. Because mm. if you can absolutely go and try all of these movements and some people are going to be able to do it because they're going to have like the mental strength. They're just going to do it. They're going to find a way around and that can work really well. And I'm definitely not saying that everyone's going to go get injured. But the thing is, if you're kind of having to work your way around something and um, essentially overuse one area because you have to underuse another, there's potentially going to become a time where that um, – yeah, where that isn't going to work for you, where you might yeah. throw yourself into injury or even if it's just an overuse thing or do you get what I mean? I think. Yeah, I 100% get what you mean. And there's a few things that come to mind for me as you talk about this. We, um, pre our current curriculum, used to have a marker to get into advanced. Was it advanced? Or like the top level, you had to be able to do the splits on one side. So okay. we found girls and We've since that's since been changed, but we found girls were pushing themselves beyond right. their mental limit to be able to get to that point and injuring their hamstrings. Yes, okay. To be cool. able to achieve that. But definitely I have and the people who have probably listened to this have heard many stories about my injuries, but I've <laughs> had overuse injuries as well. I didn't realize I was overtraining. I was still doing or my prehab and all of, it was taking me 45 minutes to an hour to warm up. I was just talking to my husband about this the other day because of the list of physio exercises I had. And yeah, still within that overuse just from doing way too many pole classes a week and just not, yeah, probably not listening to my body either. Yeah. I think as adults, definitely, and I'm sure we'll get into this later, but we're so trained you know, as soon, I'm, I'm watching my daughter. I've got a 16-month-old daughter and I'm watching her because she can't talk yet, obviously. Mm. So her whole communication is like her movement, her body language, like she's pointing to everything. And I'm just watching her because she's not thinking about what she's doing. She's just giving stuff a shot. But we are so trained to think, 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 think and overanalyze everything. But yes. movement is such a felt experience, right? And stretching is such a felt experience. And I think so many people have heard of someone who's gotten injured in the past or have gotten injured themselves in the past and they've done all this research to become stronger and better, which is great, but then they're almost unable to come out of this headspace of like thinking and drop into just knowing what their body's asking for. And in your case, your body was potentially asking for rest, mm -hmm. but you were thinking, no, to become better, I have to do X, Y, Z. And that's totally valid. Yeah. It's really important to learn how, like, when it's time to drop out and time to, like, drop in. Yes. Listen. How do you explain that to somebody? Like, what is that feeling or that um, moment from dropping out of your brain and into your body? It's such a good question and it's going to be slightly different for everyone. But with my, I'll talk you through something that I do with mm. my clients, which generally is really, really effective. Because I think with all of us, we have so, so much going on in our minds at all times that there's always something to think about. In something like a split, for example, at the end of a session, I will often ask my client, how do they want this next split to feel? How do you want it to feel? Yeah. So if I asked you, Steph, how would you want your next split to feel in class? What would you tell me? Uh, I would love for it to feel like a touchdown, but that's... <laughs> 
<laughs> feel the floor, but also how would you like to feel physically? I'd like no pain and right. no discomfort. And what's what's no discomfort? What's the opposite to not being to being in discomfort? Being comfortable. Yeah. So I would I would ask you how you want to feel. What kind of comfortable would you like it to feel like? Um, that's a good question. Um, well, when I think about it, I go, I don't want it to feel like pulling. Like I want it to feel comfortable from, I guess, not being pulled and I'm, I feel good in the movement. Okay. So comfortable where you feel good. And I guess the opposite to pull, what would be the opposite to being pulled? Um, pushed. Well, okay. that, well that like, that is a technicality. Like, a technicality. Yeah. Um, what would be like? Well, it wouldn't be pulling. It would be like there would be no tension. There would be no tension. Yes. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So if you wanted, well, next time you did your split, you're wanting to feel comfortable mm-hmm. where there's no tension. Yes. Yeah. So that would be what I would do in their split. They'd go into their split and I would so advise teachers to try this in class. Mm. But when you've got a full class, you're not going to be able to say exactly like everyone's word to them. So you might just shout out and go, hey, how do you guys want this to feel as a collective? A lot of people will say like free, light, um, strong, and you'll grab onto a couple of their words, right? And this is, I do this often when I'm coaching, almost every time, because you want to move people out of things like tight, sore, pain, it feels bad because your brain is designed to tell your body to get out of an uncomfortable situation. Of course. And the language your brain sends down through your nervous system into your body is going to be heard by your body and your body is going to get the hell out of there if it can. Yeah. yeah. And by getting the hell out of it, it's going to be like tightening, right? Or It might tighten. Yeah. You might just want to get out. Yeah. You're going to hold, you can tell on your students like their face might be pained. You want to put them in the best possible position to not be focusing on that but more be, but give them something to focus on, yeah? Because yes. you don't want to tell them don't think about pain because all they're going to hear is pain, pain, pain or, mm. you know, tight, tight, tight. So for you, if I was working with you, I would want to be talking about things like you relaxing. I would want to be talking about things like you letting go of any tension where it feels light. Yes. You know, you want to be flipping people's words and people's thought to a place that actually is more open because when you think about flexibility, you think about being able to flex and flow easily and effortlessly Mm. through movement but also like mental flexibility you want to be able to flex and flow from this thought to that thought with no kind of expectation of what is yeah yes one (laughs) I know I like and now we're going into the brain as well and it's it feels like obviously mindset work and we all know how powerful the brain can be when you can tap into it in the right mindset in comparison to to being in a in a negative mindset um but what makes up, like, what are the main factors of flexibility? Because I know, I can't remember if we talked about this on or off air now, but so many people go, like, I know I need my splits, let's say, in pole to be able to have a beautiful jade. And then they start training it and they're just going to, we have drop-ins or flexible, uh, flexi um, casual classes. But what are the main, like, what are the main factors, I guess? Do you mean, um, I'm trying to understand your question a bit better, do you yeah. mean what are the main factors for people to go away and be practicing or? Oh, what are the main factors to flexibility training in general? Right. So what cool. should people be thinking about when or what factors should they be thinking about when they're training? Yeah, cool, cool, cool. 
So there's a bunch of different ways you can train your flexibility and you have to, again, zoom out and look at your craft. So if we're looking at pole dancing, you definitely want to have an element of active and passive training in there. You can do lots of different techniques, but let's start with that because Mm. that's the kind of thing you're going to use on the regular, like every class basically. So what do you mean by passive and active? Flexibility. So passive stretching is when you've got an outside force that's helping you into position. So that outside force mm-hmm. can be a number of things. It could be a partner stretching you. It could be a band around your feet, pulling your legs back into position. Yeah. It could be using a weight on your body. It could be you holding your leg in a standing split. So something where it could be even something like gravity lowering you down in your split. So the floor could be, yeah. Outward force, yeah. Yeah side of you that's moving you into range so and then active and that actually let's go back to passive that's going to put a bit more load on your connective tissue and your okay. connective tissue is actually there to stabilize your joints you know what I mean yeah. so you don't want to be having too 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 much passive stretching because you don't want to take that tissue into too much length all the time because then it's not going to be able to do its job Yes. Just walking around in general life, but then also with all the crazy things you're doing on the pole. Yes. And then, um, excuse me, going back, then active flexibility is when you're using a muscle group to stretch another muscle group. So when you're essentially using your body, like say a standing split, if you were to let go of your leg in a standing split, where you can hold that leg is your active flexibility. Right. So that's using like your quad to stretch your hamstring. Yeah. Interesting. I like that you said in the passive. Um, it's funny because I've probably heard these things a ton of times yeah. being in pole, but sometimes when it's said differently or somebody else explains it, you go, ah, oh. so the passive is lengthening it. And mm-hmm. then by strengthening parts of it, is that helping not lengthen it so much? Because you hear, I don't know how bad this question is coming out, but you hear people who go, I don't want to go do strong or go do strong bodybuilding, but I'm going to lose my flexibility through doing that. Yes. I have to say that is the biggest lie. I've done bodybuilding and didn't lose any <laughs> flexibility. Interesting. But, Myth busted. Um, so you want to be building your strength on one side, right? Like, so let's just use like quads and hamstrings because yep. it's obvious and easy. You want to think of like a tug of war, right? You don't want either to be winning that tug of war. You want both to be able to flex and flow either way. Okay. So if one side of my body is really, really flexible, but I'm not strong enough to support it, yes, I can potentially get on the pole and do something like a spatchcock, right, in a straddle because I'm just, I'm not saying this is me, I'm just saying if that's you, uh, someone out there, yes, you can do that. But you're not kind of safeguarding, that's what I was trying to say before, your body to be able to support that. And when you have an outside force that's stretching you, your tissue is much more vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. Especially at the connective tissue. Yes. Yeah. So you may not be injuring yourself, but over time, if you overdo that, you're going to potentially run into imbalances. It'd be likely. Now the active part of it is that then you going and training strength work where you're bringing your legs up into that straddle position, just for example, so that you have the same amount of strength in your quad side as you do have stretching your hammy side and then the same amount, does it make sense? Yeah, and then it goes, switches either side, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Your body will, like think about in any, in your, let's, do, let's go deep again. <laughs> think about life, right? If you feel supported 
in a situation, you're going to be more willing to be vulnerable. Yeah. Just as you as a person. Same with your body. Your tissue is going to be more willing to open up if it feels strong and supported. The thing about the myth bust, the myth, I can't even say that. <laughs> myth busters or the myth busting or, yes. <laughs> the myth buster of like going and doing bodybuilding and getting too strong and then losing flexibility would be if you're not moving through your whole range of motion because the balance of your strength and flexibility, you're not, you're not able to access that. Yes, that okay. Definitely happen. Yes. So yeah. if you, if you, when you start doing it, you stop, let's say, working on your mobility it's going to hinder your ability to reach that end of range motion, uh, end of range again. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Interesting. I know I've been watching my husband, uh, he's into CrossFit and over the last like five years working on um, improving his mobility and his hips and could not even get his legs parallel in a squat. And now he can almost get his bum to the ground. What a star. Yeah, it, it, it has been an interesting journey watching it. And we were literally just looking at it, I think it was like last week or the week before, and um, just watching his mobility because it was hindering his, yeah. his CrossFit journey. Um, so he needed to make sure he was mobile enough, but he's always had these like trunk of legs that were super muscly, but yet <laughs> did not have the mo- mobility. So he couldn't move through the ranges, which means he couldn't right. do his activities. Okay, to the cool. to the level he needed to. So then this is actually such a good example, although your husband isn't a pole dancer. Right? No. Anyone who is watching this, it, and there's, I know there's so many people out there, so many people actually come to me and they're at the point of like frustration because they're mm. like, I'm not flexible, I didn't grow up dancing, I'm not a gymnast, everyone else in my class is more flexible. Yep. I don't like stretching. Stand <laughs> up. Yes, I'm like, this is me. <laughs> yeah, well, but... That's where you get, do you, like, you either decide that you want to get out of that kind of hindrance, like, this is now holding me back from me being able to do CrossFit in your husband's Mm. case, like, to the best of his ability, and he actually got to a point where he decided to put in the work in the area that he's Mm. not that passionate about at that point, but I bet you, if I talk to your husband now, like, he probably kind of enjoys his mobility training now, right? Uh, Yeah, he loves it. He does it, like, every day before he trains. Yeah, because it feels good to move through what you thought you couldn't do and into this new level of what your ability is. Yeah. As soon as you break through that that first step of like, I'm not, the people who are like, I can't even touch my toes, you know, when they get to touching their toes, they're like, oh, well, what else could be possible for me? Because this, like they held that strong belief, like they were never flexible, I'm not flexible, not touching my toes makes me not flexible, so I'm not going to try. Yeah. But then they can. And so then what else could they do? And it just keeps getting more fun and better. So anyone who's watching that doesn't love it, just give it a shot. And have yeah. mini goals by the sounds of it, like you said um, before, and going, okay, my my end goal is touchdown. What are the different stages that I can get to in between touchdown and where I am now? I love this so much. And this I do this with my clients. Big picture goal, three to five years, mini yeah. milestones, and we break it down. And we can break it down into like three-month chunks and it feels good because then they go, okay, well, if I've ticked that off, I'm definitely on the way to that and it feels exciting. If you know where you're going, then you feel much more confident to keep going when like when the physical change, when you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, maybe my split hasn't dropped that much, right, this last month. It's easy to kind of go, oh, well, it's not working. But you have to remember there are so many elements to flexibility, 
um, to the, sorry, the changes in your body when it comes to flexibility, if it's feeling better than it did last week or yes. when you first started, if you're able to hold it that little bit longer, if you feel that little bit stronger, if you can stack yourself a bit taller, those are all improvements and the physical drop isn't the only improvement. And I think it's important to set milestones like that too. Like yes. Just what's it going to look like? What can I physically do? But what's my like um, thought on it going to be in a week, in a month, in a year? So then you know that you're on track and then it's more motivating and inspiring to keep yourself going. Yeah. And I know um, personally when I've been working towards my flexibility goals is one of the things is haven't set incremental steps, um, but because I didn't necessarily know what they should be. And I think many people here who are listening are probably in the same boat who are going, if I've got a goal of my front splits, um, how can we break that down? I love that you just said there. It's it could be that you're stacking high, um, you're sitting up higher, you're feeling better, um, and those elements that go towards your splits. But a lot of people, I think, also don't know how to start their training. How often should you be training? Should mm. you be um, predominantly doing active flexibility instead of passive flexibility? What would an ideal start look like? such a tough question and I'm like reluctant to give like a number of days because I know there are definitely people watching a bit like me like type a people who are like oh that's the number I've got to do it and if I didn't do it oh girl I'd be historically (laughs) in the past you know like no if I'm not it's like I missed that third day that she said then I stuffed my wake up I'm just quitting yeah I'm not gonna do that okay but what I will say is you have to Number one, know what your strengths and strengths and weaknesses are right now. Everyone's are going to be a bit different. Yeah. yeah, most people's bodies naturally lean more towards strong or more towards naturally flexible, but doesn't mean both can't do both. Mm-hmm. If you know that you feel really good, always doing like a forward fold. So every time you go and stretch and you do your stretch session, you sit in a five minute forward fold. Let's not add more forward folds into your training let's add some stuff where you're actually strengthening the back chain of your body because your body is obviously really used. And so that will probably be a bit more specific person to person. Yes. Um, I think if you're just starting out really beginner, just start by going to class and actually being more mindful of what you're doing in your warm-ups. Like watch mm-hmm. yourself in the mirror. And if your teacher is saying something like your leg should be straight and your leg isn't straight, look at yourself in the mirror and, and do some different things within your body. Give yourself some actual like, spoken in your head spoken um direction it might be something like squeeze your quad or push your heel back and if your body physically changes go okay what did i just do because then you can walk away from that class and know how to train yourself outside yeah i think it's about becoming a really um more connected to how to take in feedback or how to know how to self-correct to then take it out into your own training because the more that you do a movement pattern the more it becomes your kind of locked in movement pattern yes so we want to be doing it the most efficiently from the get-go or as soon as you become aware of it let and sometimes it's hard to change a movement pattern but as soon as you're aware of it how can I change it so it's more efficient for me um and then how can I continue rinse repeat that when I go and train because essentially when you're on the pole there are so many things going on like so many things (laughs) (laughs) potentially upside down you got to give it face. you got to, like, you know, do all these crazy things. You don't want to be thinking about how to stretch your legs straight at that point. Yeah. Or you don't want to think about that stuff. There's too much going on. 
100%. So the more that we can get like the most efficient movement patterns locked and loaded off the pole, then when you get onto your pole, it's just going to come out naturally. Yeah. Or more naturally. Yeah, and by the time, oh, actually, the episodes are already out. The one we just did about flow versus tricks, and that was something we were talking about with with flow, slowing it down and thinking about the movements that you're doing, and then doing those movements at a slower pace until they become muscle memory. Mm-hmm. And then once they become muscle memory, it obviously becomes easier and it becomes a natural part. So you can start speeding your routine up. Yeah to be able to have, you know, prettier lines or stronger looking legs or whatever yeah. it is you need to do. And I assume this is a similar thing. It's about building that muscle memory and that pattern in For your sure. movement that you want sure. to use to get to your splits or look prettier on the pole or whatever your goal might be. Exactly, exactly. And when something actually does look like, you know, that, um, sorry, it just came up for me. I don't know if I'm going to be able to articulate this how I want to, but I'm going to say it anyway. So when something looks like prettier or like a line looks pretty, it actually looks that way because the pathway was more seamless because it actually wasn't work for that person. Like it, it was work. Yes. It wasn't like, oh, like a fight. It wasn't like an uphill battle. They've actually gone and worked on movement patterns. So that And flexibility is so great for making seamless transitions so your goal might not even be the splits but you want to be able to move from x skill to x skill easily yeah Mm. or you want to be able to cut the air a little bit more with more dynamic um that i can't even get that out you want to use that dynamic swing to be able to cut through the air to get to the next shape yes you need to be able to put that into your body before you get there because i i don't know i think it would be very 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 hard especially for people who are non like um, movers from young, like if you're starting this as like an adult, that's freaking awesome. But let's mm. give ourselves the best shot when we get on the pot because there's way too much going on. <laughs> way too much. And one of the first things that comes to mind is the amount of people we have come in and are like, I just want to go from beginner to advanced in the quickest possible route and everything becomes, and not every single beginner is like this. I know there's beginners out there. You guys are great and you want to slow it down. You want to feel the movement. You want to get stronger in it before you move on. But there's definitely those types of pole dancers who are like, I want to get from zero to a hundred really quickly. And they don't do what you're talking about here and like slowing down and thinking about the movement. And sometimes they get to advance and I'm speaking purely from my own experience of what I've seen is they get to advanced and that's when they start to plateau because they haven't done the work to build those solid foundations, as we would say from a trick perspective, to get to advance and even have really good body awareness, which yeah. what I hear from a lot of the things you're saying is being able to connect the mind to your body to understand what it's doing, not yeah, what it is doing and how it is moving, but also how it is um, feeling. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, I think I think people who are more beginner don't realise that the, maybe they do, but I'm going to reinforce it. Yeah. The really, really advanced people out there that you're wanting to get up to that level, right, they are, well, the clever advanced people are training their inner beginner like no one else. Yes. I they love are that. The boring stuff, they are. Because they know they this is their passion. They're not gonna let it slip away because they either think that they're past that or that they don't want to or can't be bothered. Like they know that that stuff is gonna keep them polling or keep them dancing. 
And it's really, really important when you're more beginner to just take a breath. And I know like the Instagram stuff, watching people post all their great stuff on Instagram, that is not a day in the life, like every day in their life. Yeah. Yeah. That is a snippet. And yes, they're doing those amazing things too. And yes, they're doing higher level strength and flex stuff, but they're also tuning in and taking a moment to, to do all that beginner work too. Yes. And going back to basics, I think is something that should be more normalized. And I think some people do do it and they do it well, but there are people who will go into a a tricks class potentially and go, oh, well, that was too easy. I wasn't challenged. And we don't, and it depends how you're challenging yourself outside of the studio as well. Maybe that's the place where you want to be challenged because you're putting in the work outside the studio. But yeah, not a nice little reminder. I love that. It's like always training that inner beginner. Um, oh, and it even rhymes, always training that inner beginner. Yes. Um, so if they are going to be training, what are your like top tips for people? If they're starting their flexibility journey, and I know we've really focused a lot on splits here, and I say that because I feel like for most people, that's the first like big goal that they want to tick. And I love that you brought that up because that was going to be my number one point. (laughs) Great segue. So, like, seriously, when I tell like muggles, like people outside of like the dancing industries, like what I do, like, oh God, I could never do the splits. That's their first response. I feel like splits is such like a like a ballpark representation of being flexible. Yes. Yeah, I, going there. I would so agree. So many people want to do their splits and I think that's the reason. If they could do their splits, then that would equal being flexible. Yes. Um, so what but, is flexible then? Yeah, no, well, uh, well, I can, yes, I love this question. Oh, okay, sorry, I keep jumping. I'm like, it just comes up, I don't want to lose it. Do we start with what is flexible and then do we go to um, – the top tips. We were we were about to dive into the tips. Or do you want to go through the tips and then talk about what's flexible? We can just quick we'll go into into what's flexible. I don't okay. think it's gonna be super long. I think flexible is what is flexible to you. Like what when you achieve X, when would you then consider yourself flexible enough to move into whatever you want to work on? When would you then consider yourself able to do the skill that you're working towards? Yes. I don't think there's like a defined, like exact answer of what is flexible. And I, I think, pardon? No, sorry, you go. Yeah, I think it, when you're getting to the point where you can trust your body and you can take that breath and you can float to where your body actually wants to go right now in this moment rather than your thought of where it's been before or where it like, isn't or where it's going to be later, like literally just being able to tune in and let your body relax. And if you notice your physical body relaxing to a point where it's shifted, like in height from a split, or you're able to move more into your range, I think then you're definitely working towards becoming flexible, right? 100%. And what I was going to say was that I think we as dancers or pole dancers are surrounded by people who are like, who are on the extreme ends of flexibility. And I remember doing, um, I don't know if you've heard of the platform GoWod. It's a mobility platform for CrossFitters. Anyway, I remember doing that and they had mobility testing and I did the mobility testing and I ticked high, like green and everything. And then I'm like, hmm. But while that says I'm good from a mobility perspective, I'm not flexible. And then you compare me to my peers. Um, I'm like the other end. I know, 
guess those tests are kind of testing like the general population. Yes. When you're doing anything in the general population, then yeah, of course, there's going to be those kind of benchmarks. But flexible for pole or flexible for dancing will probably be a little bit different, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That was the biggest thing I took from it. I'm like, as pole dancers, we are where I probably am is like a low level um, mobility, flexibility sort of thing. So our scale is going to be from the upper end to an extreme and then it's going to be what the general population has. I feel like your own scale, like I think comparing outside of your body Mm. is a dangerous spot to be in because you can always sit back and go, oh, that person or, you know, some people's body are naturally more towards that contortion level of flexibility and movement and some people's bodies are just not designed that way and that's okay. So you need to look at your goals, yeah, you need to be just outside of realistic. You want to be sitting just outside of where your comfort zone is and Mm -hmm. looking at that and moving towards that. You don't want to be looking at someone who's like got their foot over their head and in their mouth, but you're someone who's never done a back bend. Maybe that's not your realistic goal this year. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, if you're edging towards that and if you're noticing changes like your um, your body's acceptance, like you're not feeling as like stressed out and in pain, you're able to breathe three breaths in your bridge this week, you're moving towards flex- more flexible. Yes. Yeah. If you're noticing you're able to use one side of your body to open up another, then you are definitely moving towards becoming more flexible or towards your current like flexibility potential, yeah? Um, I think if you're noticing change in the direction of feeling more open, getting more range of motion through your joints, being able to access the trick that you couldn't before because you couldn't X, Y, Z, then you're definitely edging towards becoming more flexible and, and keep that. And I think... Um watching people go through their journey. Do you remember that phase where people went through, and I mean, I did this and I don't know if you've seen it, where they would get like a compass app and be able to measure the the degrees of their splits? Yeah. I don't know if that still happens, but I remember it was very much a thing at one point in time. And people do focus on that. That is what they focus on. And I love that you say having more breaths because how many of us hold our breaths when we're trying to hold our split stretch like don't breathe and you know opening up and I think they're just things that get missed when we do it yeah exactly and the the worst thing you can do is give up because you're not seeing like what you believe is um progression Mm. if you don't understand exactly what progression means to you and you're only judging it on like looking at it then, yeah, you can be really missing. You might be right at the edge where your body is just accepting what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the same as strength training or even skill building in pole where you go, okay, I've ticked this off, now I can do this, and that means I'm doing Like your body accepting new ranges of motion, it's going to take time, especially as an adult because we've gone through puberty, so our, our physical structure has changed. We've been sat in a chair at school since we were 5 to 18. Then a lot of us have gone off to uni. And done the same house, thing. We're doing stuff completely against the range of motion that pole requires. So it's not going to be just you enrolled in a pole class that is a stretch class once a week and you started the Flexercise Splits program and then in six weeks you can just do all these things that you've dreamed of. It's might, it might not be that for everyone. The people that get the quick results are the people who weren't accessing their current range at their start point of training. So say you and I started training something new together yeah. at the same time. We're both getting on Zoom. We're both training it. 
we're both kind of starting at a certain point, but you're you're um, propelling, like you're going fast towards it and I'm taking longer. You already had that within you. You just didn't know how to access that yet because flexibility doesn't change like that. Yeah. Otherwise, we'd be like a, a blubbery mess. Like we'd literally just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? We'd have no support in our body. Your body needs to take its time getting that physical change. Important so, reminders. Important. important because a lot of people give up and go, oh, that person's progressing, I'm not I'm not flexible. And that reinforces the narrative that you're not flexible. Yes. And then if you're not something, why would you try and be it? It's not like it's a waste of time in your mind. I think it's important to acknowledge all of those other things that you are winning at every training. Yes, I love that. And I know we've had a podcast episode about comparison. And one of the biggest things was like comparing to your previous self or your or where you want your future self to go rather than going Ellie's you know already amazing we start off the same thing and in five weeks she's you know even for tricks tricks are the same thing like she's already achieved xyz or she's going to go up to the next level and I'm here it's different everyone's bodies are different and I think that's the biggest reminder I think when we had Simone on she even said that our anatomy can be up to 30 percent more different than the person next to us. So just thinking about that and how much comes into being able to achieve a splits or a bridge or um, a pancake, if you can open your hips up more than somebody else, they might get closer to their pancake than you will ever will. Exactly, exactly. I think it's so, so, so important to acknowledge that. Yeah. 100%. And so back to our tips, what are your top tips? So splits, right, if you're working towards your splits, don't go and just train your leg flexibility. I think people think, okay, I want to be able to do a split. I just need to stretch my hamstrings and stretch my hip flexors. Your body is one big unit, yeah? So when you're moving, move that whole body in every direction, yeah? And you will see much better results. So I'll have people come to me when doing bridge work and they're like, my shoulders are so tight and we'll get to the end of a session and I'll check out their bridge and their shoulders look really tight, so I know why they've said their shoulders are tight, but it's not coming from their shoulders. And so I will like be able to help them through and work into different things. And potentially for that person, their hips were so blocked up that it wasn't allowing their spine to move into extension, right? Because their yeah. hips were pulling back down to the floor. So then their shoulders were stuck forward because nothing through the back of their body was able to activate and bring their arms back. But in their mind, they just think that my shoulders are stuck. So for them, all they've been doing is stretching their shoulders and missing out on this opportunity to open up other areas of their body that will then allow the rest to move more yeah. efficiently. So I think definitely remember your whole body is one big unit that works together to have you moving efficiently, hopefully. And if something is feeling blocked, and especially if you're someone who's been working your splits and you have been consistently doing it, you've been going to class, you've been doing the stretching, whatever, you're not noticing physical change, maybe after like six months, there's no physical change at all. Look into what's going on with the chain. Mm. Look into your upper back. Yeah, look into how other areas are moving. It's really important. Yeah, I feel like you've just opened up my mind. <laughs> like, hmm. There, there's a lot, yeah and this explains a lot and I'm sure there's other people who are sitting here going oh yeah I never thought and we just don't have that knowledge right and that's why people like you exist the pole physio exists and they're helping us to understand what our bodies could be doing so yeah. so number one tip is to think about 
where your body, what other parts of your body is, and is it would it is it a good idea to have more regular whole body stretch sessions rather than just targeted stretch sessions? It depends on your goal. I think if you're yeah. a beginner, get your whole body moving and yeah. start to pay attention to when your body feels more open. Okay. So. For example, I'll do like a workshop in one of my workshops. I'm like do like X, Y, Z exercise and then check in with a pancake. Yeah. Mm. And some people go, yes, that really opened up. And then I'll do X, Y, Z, different targeted areas, different targeted strength, and we'll check in with the pancake. And they'll go, oh, yeah, that worked for me. So then learning what your body is asking for when you're doing different movements. And I think the best way to do that is to do a broad range of movement throughout your whole body. Mm-hmm. especially as a beginner. So you can tune in and go, oh, actually, you know, my body really liked that, you yeah. know. And movement is all about play and feel. If The more you do it, the better you get at noticing what's working and what's not. But when you're a beginner, you've just got to give everything a shot. Yeah. And whenever there's a weakness, like if you're a beginner and you go to backbends class and you can't get up, you better enroll in that backbends class for the rest of term <laughs> and get your ass there because all of the stuff working towards it you're gonna you wanna build on your weaknesses because they're going to make your strengths even stronger. Yes. Yeah, but it's hard. Because it's not as fun when you can't get up. You can't get lift off. But imagine the day when you do get lift off, just because you were dedicated and you kept doing the work even though you didn't think you could do it. And it's going to make you stronger and it's going to save proof your body for the next thing you want to do. Yeah. Hmm. interesting i'm sure there's a lot of people going hmm i have a lot of thinking to do about that but class books out next (laughs) i'm like "Mm, we should run that uh back and shoulders workshop after this uh 100 so what are some i think we can leave the key reminders to the end but what are the common mistakes you see for people training apart from we've obviously said comparing to others not training or not stretching all of their body Um, But what are some other common mistakes that you might see when people are starting their flexibility journey or are getting to that point of maybe even plateau and going, oh, I can't do anything? What Do you see any common mistakes or are they the main ones? I think we've covered lots of them, but I think one is definitely more, doesn't really equal more. Like a lot of people are in that all or nothing mentality. If I've decided I'm doing flexibility I'm getting my splits this year okay I'll go out of splits I'm getting my pancakes this year then I am going to stretch five days a week and then on my off days all I'm going to do is walk the dog and do six pole classes I'm being so over the top but people don't <laughs> there's value- people who come to my mind when you say these things though <laughs> so while it's over the top that I definitely met these people <laughs> I know, right? But I get it because it's kind of like if you feel like you're doing more towards your goal, then you feel like it must be working. But rest is really important when it comes to anything with your body's tissue. It needs time to heal and it needs time to kind of bring itself back to earth and then realize what your body's new normal is. So your tissue, when you stretch it, is essentially going like this and then it's kind of coming back to like yeah, And then it's essentially going like this and then it's coming back to just here. That's a big exaggeration because mm. it's not going to move that quick. But you're, you're training your body and your nervous system to accept new ranges and the tissue over time will change. But if you don't give it time to rest, overuse again, and that's when you can get to points where, like, <laughs> I think you all know what that means, mm-hmm. but uh, where we have, like, big injuries, especially when it comes to stretching and hamstrings and overuse there. So I think the, one of the biggest mistakes is, is not resting, not scheduling in rest. Mm-hmm. 
rest is so healthy for your body and so important for your tissue. Like it has to be in there. Yeah, 100%. And one thing I thought there, and it's another myth, I'm not sure if it's a myth, but one question I have is when you say the tissue is coming apart and then coming back together, is it true that it's making micro tears as it goes and then you've got to let the micro tears heal? No, I don't think so much with stretching. Yeah. Unless you're stretching to such an end range, which I would never re- really recommend doing yep. that, that quickly. More with like um, yeah, like heavy weightlifting to the point where you're like sweating into your eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're leveling up at that range, yes, that's true. Yeah, and okay. You're building more muscle mass because when it comes back, it's coming back stronger and bigger and then people get into Interesting. that. Interesting. But, yeah, not so much thinking about that with stretching, but yeah, more, yeah, you want to, you want to kind of take your body to the point where it can relax into new range without your body getting stressed out. Because if your body gets stressed out, then all your physiology is going to tighten up and go against what you want it to do. Mm. And you don't want your physiology to tighten up when you're actually physically taking your body into a stretch, a new range. You don't Mm. want it to lock up. You actually want it to go and breathe. So your body can go with gravity rather than you trying to hold up against what gravity's trying to do. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And it brings me back to when we did, we did a PD session um, with Ellie recently and I, I'm pretty sure it was a line along the, you said something along the lines of like, go to the point where you're not feeling whatever that discomfort is, like the, just yeah. that point before and relax in that position mm. and teach your body that it's okay to be here. Yeah. Because naturally I think so many of us go, and sorry, guys, I'm speaking for the general here and I hope you feel the same as I do, but we'd actually go, I need to feel discomfort or pain. And we even have students asking, like, should I be feeling pain with this or what mm. level of pain should I be feeling? So I guess that's probably a really good question to ask good is, question. should we be feeling pain? Pain is such an interesting topic and I feel like you should get a pain expert on here as a whole podcast. I'm going to write that down. (laughs) I feel like it's such an interesting topic because it is so different to every single person. Your meaning of pain is going to be different to my meaning of pain. Mm. When I think of the word pain, it doesn't feel very pleasant or pain kind of represents in my mind, this is me, so don't take it on if it's not yours, but it feels a bit more traumatic and it feels a bit more like a pain equals get out of there. I think you should be tuning in and noticing the sensations in your body and notice if they're a sensation that you want to lean into or not. Your gut feeling, only you will ever know where your limit is in your body. Mm. No one can tell you. I can't feel what you're feeling. And the pain response in the body is there for a reason, is there protect, to protect you because your your muscles can't physically like call you up and be like, Ellie, that's too much. They have to give you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, time. they don't send you notifications, guys. <laughs> they don't have any prepaid credit. They are literally, they have to give you pain so that you do the response that they potentially want. Pain can come up when it comes to stretching in a new zone because your body doesn't know what it is. Yeah. That could be one of the reasons and that might not be dangerous for you. Pain can come up if your body is in a danger zone and you have to learn how to tune in and go, yeah, no, that's not for me. I'm getting out. Mm. I feel like pain is such an interesting topic. It can go, could go forever. But I think if your students are asking, should I feel in pain? And they're saying that because they're in pain. My advice would say, hey, I noticed that you're in pain right now. Let's slip back 5% out of the pain zone. How does it feel? 
And if they're comfortable, go, okay, awesome, breathe there. And their body will kind of naturally accept the range and float more or accept the range and hold. Or they'll go, no, you'll go back 10%. Yeah. It's about teaching people how to tune in because as a teacher, you don't want to be the one that's like, just keep going. And because you don't know what their body's telling them and you don't know, yeah, I think the safest thing as a teacher is to say to tune in and pull back Mm. if it's like a pain response. That's my best advice, but that's not like Bible, whatever. And I think to support that and go as a student is your teachers are great, they're knowledgeable, but the one thing they can't do is know exactly what your body is feeling inside. So being responsible and as Ellie says, trying to feel in to yourself and feel how your body is feeling is a skill that is going to be highly valuable to you as you progress in your pole journey. For sure. Definitely. And I think a lot of people when they go to classes, like are nervous to ask questions or nervous to say like, what do you mean by that? I think, I don't know, I think as teachers, we all want to know how to help our students the best we can because we want you to get the results you want because we know how much it means to you. Like yeah. I know that someone's goal, I, like it's so funny because when I talk to my partner's friends, my partner's a firefighter and he's got a lot of friends in that industry who are like obviously not in the movement zone and they don't understand like why would anyone want to do the splits? Like, do you yeah. get many people, Ellie? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a lot. <laughs> yeah. And and it's so funny because I just ran a retreat and I was telling one of my partner's friends or he was asking me about it and he's like, I just don't understand why anyone would want to do that. And I'm like. Yeah, I get what, and my partner afterwards was like, were you offended by that? I'm like, not at all, because I understand, like, that a top-level goal, like, I want to do the splits, I want to be able to do a jade split or whatever, it doesn't just mean that. Like, on the grand scheme of the surface-level goals, like, they're not as meaningful as what that would mean to the person. So if I, like, I have so many clients who literally get to the bottom of it, and I always try and work through this with my clients because I know if they know why they're doing it, they're just going to do the work required and they are going to tune in and they are going to know when it's time to breathe and let go because they want to get there because that being able to do the splits actually represents then I can try all these other things in my life I never thought I could do. And that, yes. that just gives me goosebumps and I laugh because when I explained it to my partner's friend, he was like, oh, yeah, like, and I was like, you know, you build cars so you go and buy all these things for your cars and you don't care what you spend on it or how much time it takes, right? It's like, yeah, no, I love it because then I can, and I'm like, yeah, well, yeah. that's the splits, you know? Um, so, yeah, I don't know why we got to that, but I'm really, really glad we did. I'm glad too. And I think I know doing design thinking at uni, one of the activities was the five whys when you're thinking about a business or a product. It's like when you're thinking about the problem you're trying to solve, it's like, why is it a problem? why is it a problem? And then you've got to break it down. I think they say five whys because if you can answer those five whys, like that last one the is, the is the heart of the matter. It's exactly what you said. It's if I can do this, I mm. can achieve anything. And so many people come into pole dancing, not even thinking they can do a trick and achieving something on their first class and going, holy shit. Like if I stick to this and I build, I think it almost rebuilds trust with themselves that they can I just got yes, and I'm going to jump on. I am a bit, I'm thinking about taking off now. I've got goosebumps now. Um, yes, like if that's the whole thing. Like if you're outside, I think the world at the moment like takes us so far out of our bodies, keeps us in here. There's so much to think about. There's so much 
stuff talking us out of what we like deep we want to yes. do. And I think with movement, it's such a beautiful opportunity to actually just be in the moment and connect to why you want to do it. And why you want to do it is not only about the movement, which we just talked about. And those people that come into class and can do that trick and they're like, holy, like maybe now I can go and ask for that promotion. Maybe mm-hmm. now I can trust myself to do this. And it's so powerful. And I think the coolest thing, what I love about flexibility is seeing that when people have that physical change and they get that like skill, splits, back bend, whatever, needle, whatever they're working on, or even a drill we've been working on for a week and they can't balance, or yeah. a month, sorry, and they can't balance and they can, the confidence level is like off its head. Yes. For that whole day or that whole week, they're like, yes, that's me. I can do it. I can trust myself to do that. Yes. I do. I know. I'm now feeling all warm and fuzzy and like yeah. motivated, <laughs> like, <laughs> like getting energized. And I think it's um, really important. And I think putting that with something like splits or flexibility, is there's a lot of work that goes into it. So there's probably a little bit more opportunity to be disappointed or not build the trust with yourself along the way. So then you go, well, as you said, I don't want to say train three days a week because if you miss one day, you're going to be like, well, I failed this week and I didn't get anything done. It's like, but you actually moved this week and you did something towards your goals. And every time you do something that supports your goals and that is also rest, you're making progress. And that is you building trust with yourself. For sure. Exactly. And on that topic, I think once you're past that beginner kind of phase in terms of your flexibility, like once you've been focusing on it for a chunk of time, then you can kind of start to structure your training and it's going to be relevant to you, all the pole training you're doing, your life, your work, family life, all of that stuff. Mm. Again, there's no rules on that, but you can start to build a bit more structure. And that's where I'd probably advise seeing like a coach or talking to a teacher who you can talk you through. I'm not, I think it would be hard for me to say what that is because everyone's mm. life is so extremely different. Yes. But, um, yeah, I think you can build in structure for sure. So the last main question I had is like key reminders. I mean, if you could sum up your one reminder to people or a couple of reminders to people when they're working on their flexibility, what would that be? All right. I love this. I'm just going to say what comes straight up. Yeah, go for it. I'm going to list them off and then you can just jump in if any of them. Yes. Love it. I think number one is work out again, what we just talked about, like why are you, why do you want to become more flexible? Is it just because your teacher said you need more flexibility, but you have no connection? You don't care if you can do that skill? Because if you don't care about being flexible, don't go and waste your time and do the training because you're going to end up hating it more mm-hmm. than do it. Yeah. But I think for most of you who are in poll, you want to do poll for XYZ reasons. So maybe zoom out. Why do you want to be able to do that trick that you can't currently access? And then see how flexibility fits into that. And then start to build that in with that meaning because I think, yeah, if you if you put too much pressure on yourself to be more flexible if you're not and you don't know why, it's just going to crumble. Yeah. Number two is start slow. Small conscious effort often is going to make up small wins often, which makes up the big picture like anything in your life. Mm. Lego makes like a big castle. It's the same thing. Oh, I loved using the uh, Lego analogy. I always think the 1% every day. If I can just do 1% better today, then that builds up. Reading a book is another one. If you read one page a day, after 200 days, you've read a book. If that's how long you want to take to read your book. But it's always, it's small steps and it doesn't. Would you then say that it doesn't have to be, you know, a full hour training session 
Definitely not. I think if you, it depends again where you're starting from. It depends mm. where you are right now and where you want to be and when. Yeah. Again, that's super specific to each person, but I'd say I'm probably talking to, I think that this is going to resonate mostly with the people who like, the people who kind of say, I should stretch more, but I don't have time. I should stretch more, but I'm not flexible. I think this will probably resonate with them the most or teachers who are teaching people who say that kind of thing. And I think the best place to start is just when you go to classes that you're already booked into, they will all have a warm-up, I hope. Mm. And in that warm-up, start paying conscious attention to how you're moving your body. Like, yeah, you're just doing a lunge, but what are you doing within your body to create more length in that lunge? Like how can you find extra pull through your body? How can you lengthen your torso? How can you push energy out of your heel? How can you drive like energy out of every area to allow gravity to then take your body to where it can go. I think if you start doing that, it feels a bit more rewarding and then you feel a bit more in control and then you can step away and go, actually, I really enjoyed that. Maybe I will book into stretch class next week and then try yeah. that. I think don't overdo it to start. It's another, I think that was number three yeah. tip. You're, the best thing you can do with any training your body is basically, your body would be lazy if it could be, right? You would just like be completely. <laughs> 100%. Your body wants to conserve energy as much as it can to do life. So if you want to get the best results you can with the least amount of work you can possible to start, so then you have room to mill, move. And I was trying to say build and move, milled. Milled. <laughs> and build as you then increase your training or as then your body opens up more. So I think, yeah, less is more at the start, but often Mm -hmm. conscious awareness in your classes and asking questions. And we talked about this in our teacher training is like Mm. everyone's language, the way they use language and the way they interpret language is very different. So if you're in a class and your teacher keeps giving this cue and you're not understanding what it means, you've paid for that class you're there to learn and your teachers love to teach. So ask them, hey, what do you mean by that? You don't, like, not in a rude way, just like, hey, um, I, don't, I don't quite understand. What, what do you mean squeeze your quad? Mm. And then they'll break it down for you and they will have a new way of then teaching other students as well. So you're helping them by asking. Um, and then the other thing is when you're getting to your peak stretch, when you're someone who is at that kind of level of, like, going into your splits, You've done all the work, you've done all the strength, yet you've worked through a program or you've worked through your um, class or with your coach. You need to then get out of thinking and take a breath and tune in. You actually need to just completely focus on how you want this to feel or how you want this to look and let go because gravity is there. Gravity is a force that's going to pull you into whatever range you can go to and your body won't, it's very unlikely that your body is going to go further than it can unless you've got someone like pushing you down really hard or a really strong outside force and gravity is like it's a pull it's a strong pull but it's not going to pull your legs apart if you don't have the facility it's unlikely yeah I want to um, quickly come back to the asking questions and your statement of it's helping them teach other people Every single mishap a student makes or uh, let's say a failure to do a trick or to do something is a learning from an instructor because Mm -hmm. then they have to problem solve what you were trying to do. And instructors, especially in pole, they talk and they learn from each other. So if we have students who are struggling with, you know, let's just say a um, 
I don't know, a fireman spin. Let's just go fireman spin. It's super basic. And our instructors will actually talk to each other. And you'll find that other instructors do that because we learn from everybody's failures and everybody's mistakes and everybody's questions. So I just really wanted to reiterate that because I think that's a really important point because I do think that when people don't ask questions, they also end up a little bit disappointed because they don't get it potentially. So ask lots of questions, people. Yeah. That's why most of us that teach, like we love problem solving. We love the creative side. We love the communication. Like there's all of that stuff. When you ask a question, it actually opens up an opportunity for us to become better teachers for you and for all the people around you as well. So definitely, I think a lot of, and the reason I even said that is because I think a lot of people go to class and they're a bit more quiet and don't want to take up too much space in terms of their voice. Yes. And also remember that your question, if you took a breath and actually ask that question, almost guaranteed someone else in that class is going mm-hmm. to benefit in some way or another. Yes. Or you might just give them the confidence to ask the question they need to be able to then get to their next level. So, yeah, I think that's important to remember. 100%. And before I give you an opportunity to share anything else that you feel is going to be really important to our listeners, I would like you to share or let us know what your flexercise programs are. Oh and God. how they can help people on their flexibility journey. All right. So I've got um, a bunch of Flexercise online programs. So there's eight at the moment. There's a couple more in the works, which are really exciting. Um, but they are essentially um, and movement education tools. So I want you guys to know how and why your body is moving in the best possible way so that you can then go away and get the goals that you want and understand it as well. So I, I just don't... I don't know, it doesn't sit well with me just telling you what to do without explaining because I, when we consciously understand something, and that's the levels of learning, right, you've got mm. to consciously get it. It's got to make sense to you on a logical level. And then you're going to go away and practice it and it's going to be super clunky and off sometimes and kind of, you know, it's going to go through that stage. But then it's going to get to a point where it's just part of the way that you do things. And if you can really understand it first, it's going to make it so much easier for you to then go away and replicate it because it will make sense to you. Mm. if you don't understand it it's going to be so confusing when you're in the a movement especially when the movements get a bit more advanced yes you're going to be like way 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 too up in your head to actually feel what's going on in your body so that's kind of the main aim of the flexercise online programs um they're structured so um each of them has a certain amount of videos and most of them kind of progress through a four to six week period. So, and there's beginner to advanced level demonstration. So it's a really great tool. It's great for teachers too, getting some great content mm. and great teaching cues to be able to then take into their own kind of space and um, expand their movement vocabulary. Um, so those programs are there because I, I think I was at a point where I was just like working like 38 sessions a week and I was cooked. And I just didn't have a way to help more people. And I was like, oh, I really, really want to spread this message. I want more people to know because it feels so freeing to be able to move like and understand how it's all working. Yes. You know, it feels good because you're like, yes, I'm on the right track. I get what I'm doing and now I can just trust my body. Yeah. So that's what those programs are. And you, um, when you sign up, you get access to them for life and you get access to our little online community too so you can ask questions or share your wins and stuff in there amazing um, so yeah that's the programs yay guys go check it out but before we wrap up ellie is there anything else you wanted to share about flexibility um their journey to it or just movement in general <gasps> 
my gosh, I feel like I've shared so much. I'm not sure if there's anything too new. I guess the journey towards it is not going to be linear. Yeah, you're just going to have moments where life gets in the way and maybe you didn't get to do all that training. I think, again, on that same note, let's just keep consistent and clear on what the goal is. Honestly, and I've said it, I think you've caught my drift, but and the reason that the Flexercise clients are getting the results that they're getting is because we actually really, really connect to why they want to be there. It's so important. Really, really, really important. And we connect to how they want their bodies to feel in the future goal, like when they land in the goal, even if it's looking like it's a year away. Because the more we connect to that, the more we're going to move towards feeling like that and stay out of feeling pain, stuck, tight, sore, whatever. Insert problem. Insert like yucky space, you know. (laughs) It's probably the most important thing when it comes to stretch. Well, that's my belief. Yeah. Um, and that's how I train my clients. That's my biggest belief. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing lots of knowledge. And I'm sure there's many listeners out there that feel the same as me. And one of the biggest things I'm taking away from this is to not be so hard on myself and on my body when I'm training for flexibility. And I mean, that wasn't the goal I had of our chat. It was a lot more about flexibility. But one of the biggest things I've taken away from today's chat is to not be so hard on myself and my body and understanding my body has its limitations. And and that's okay if it's not the same as somebody else's limitation. So, um, and I know this probably wasn't um, your goal with today's session either, but it's such a good little um, realization to have. So thank you for joining us. If people want to find you, where can they find you on Instagram? So um, my Instagram name is flexercise underscore, so they can check it out there or you can reach out by email, which is all on the Instagram as well. Amazing. Thank you so much. Guys, if you loved this episode, please take a screenshot, share it with your poll buddies, tag Ellie and I in those screenshots. Tell us what you loved about it. This helps us um, get out there and have more pole dancers listen to important discussions like today's discussions. So anyway, thank you for joining us. And until next time, we'll see you soon. Thank you.